As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of The Athletic. Podcast Network. With me, as always, on Wednesdays, is my good friend Alex Spears. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? It's game day. Dude, it's here. We get to see the Thunder play a real live game that matters, that counts in the uh, in the standings, that counts toward the tanking. All happening today. How exciting. We get to watch Rudy Gobert <laughs> against Center Unknown. <laughs> don't you don't you have to imagine that if they were ever if they were ever debating whether to start Derek Favors, if you were going to do it, you would have to do it tonight. I mean, you can't throw Roby out there against Rudy Gobert, right? <laughs> I mean, I think you can. Yes. You Actually, can. I guess you can because Go- it's not like Gobert is punishing you on the offensive end. He's like, not punishing you on the offensive end, and. I mean, they're going to be just undermanned in the middle, no matter what happens. Uh, but don't you want to? Don't you want to honor Derek Favors' revenge game, Andrew? <laughs> don't you want to honor that? I don't know. I don't. I, I really just don't want to give them any chance. <laughs> this is what I want. <laughs> Not that Favors is going to like completely shift the game. Like, oh, <laughs> the strategy that shifted the game was Derek Favors starting. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. Like, remember the first game of last season? It was like the Thunder played well and won on a yeah. Shea game-winning shot. You know, you just don't. And we know. were like, "Well, that's not going to happen we're a like, lot." Oh, that was savor that win. Cute job, <laughs> Thunder team. You know, <laughs> and they were like pretty good for a little while. So, yeah, I've, will it be the same tonight? Yeah. The thing about this, like the Jazz are are going to be really good. I think most people have the Jazz finishing in the top three, if not like with the best record in the West. They do. That is true. That is very like conventional wisdom right now because they feel like the safest team. Like they brought everyone yeah. back. If anything, they, you know, getting rid of Derek Favors and adding Rudy Gay mm-hmm. feels like a positive mood move just because they can be a little bit more versatile. Yep. So yeah, everyone seems pretty high on the Jazz. More Rudy. 
They just need more Rudy. They saw the Rudy more they were Rudy's. getting. They were saying, we need to add to the Rudy on this team. Let's go get Rudy Fernandez. Bring him back. Are there any other Rudys in the NBA? I think that's it. I um, think they've got 100% of the Rudys. Yes, I mean, I they'd have to. True. I mean, they just have to. Let us know in the chat if there's more Rudy's that we're not thinking of. Yeah, drop us a line if you know any more Rudy's. <laughs> uh, so tonight should be really fun. You have the the Joe Ingles, uh, Josh Giddy element, which is pretty fun. Will uh, someone uh, tweet the Spider Man meme about Josh Giddy oh, and Joe Ingles? Okay, who's, will it, let's, who's going to do it? Are there odds who's out there of who the who the first Thunder fan to tweet that is? <laughs> I could see a national person doing it. Actually, that would require them watching the game. But I could see people yeah. wanting to see the Jazz. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I'm I'm covering like all of tonight for the Athletic podcast. That sounds fun. And I just look at it I'm like, man, not sure if I'll watch the Thunder game live or not <laughs> because <laughs> there's some pretty important games going on tonight. Not high on the Daily Dings priority it's list. Not super for the high. listeners. <laughs> Starting off the second night of the season, the Utah Jazz played the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. They won one forty to sixty. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's going to be on the table for tonight, um, but it should. I'm, I'm anxious to watch them to see how to see how they look. Uh, the Mitchell SGA matchup is is pretty intriguing to me uh, overall, and then let's just see how they look in the middle. You know, because it's it's going to be it's still a mystery as to what they're going to do with start the starting center position. But man, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to it. I look I look forward to this team every year, and this is uh, this is no exception. There's there's some interesting characters on this particular team. Yeah, and the and the thing where I think we're all very interested in is you know in the preseason didn't have Kenny Hustle, Derek Favors didn't play a ton. What do the rotations look like? Yeah. Uh, who of the young guys are going to get left out or will only be playing garbage time minutes to start us off? Because, yeah. you know, we, we got to see a lot of Trey Mann in the preseason. We got to see mm-hmm. a lot of JRE. We got to see a lot of these uh, young guys. Aaron Wiggins. Uh, yeah. Which of these guys are going to play any meaningful minutes? I, I think it'll be JRE, but I, I don't know. My guess is that all those guys will play meaningful minutes. Really? Right out the gate? Maybe not Wiggins. Like, Wiggins, just because he's on a two-way, maybe not. But I'd be pretty surprised if Trey Mann wasn't in the rotation. Mm. I'd be pretty surprised. Mm-hmm. They're going to play a it, well, lot of guards. Like, they just have to play a lot of guards because that's all they've got on the team. But they're going to play a lot right. of guards. Yeah, they, they'll have to play a ton of guards. Um, Yeah, I'm excited. It's been so long. Yeah. It actually hasn't. It's been like... <laughs> Less than 90 days or whatever. This is our third season in like a calendar year. Not enough, Andrew. I need more. Man, next off season, we are going to be bored as hell because it'll be the first like normal off season. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. I look forward to it. Like we probably won't see Thunder basketball. Well, I guess it would be the same as this year. Would it not be this? When when was their last game this year? I don't even remember. In May, right? Okay. So I guess it'll be about the same. Yeah. Uh, opening night, though. Opening night. Some some really good man. The Bucks looked so good last night, and Giannis in particular looked <clears throat> even better, more improved. He was shooting the free throws faster. His jump shot 
looked really good, and that may just be like a one night thing where his jump shots really right, yeah. really going. But he looked like the MVP. He looked like the best player. He was amazing. Yeah, it was. Uh, there's an element to it where it's like, are we doing with Giannis right now what we did to Devin Booker last year, where it's like. It it feels like there is a segment of the NBA population who hasn't who didn't watch a ton of Bucks games mm-hmm. over these last few years, and isn't this the guy who won back to back MVPs? Like, hasn't he been this great for a while? But now it like something about it feels different because he won that ring, where we're now starting to appreciate all of the great things he does way more than we did previously because now it feels real to us. Now it's like okay, now we've we know for a fact that this guy, the way he plays all of his great skills actually translates into winning. And so now we can fully accept him in the way that we fully accepted Dirk after 2011. Yeah. It just like puts you into a different tier when you, when you watch these players now. And yeah, I felt the same way. It was like watching Giannis in a totally new light, even though he's been this great player for a long time. Yeah, but to me, it wasn't... He Giannis didn't look like the best player against the Nets last year in that series. Like it was I guess clearly, that's true. He's clearly Kevin. Yeah, and and to be fair, like all the preseason rankings, most of them had Kevin Durant number one still. Yeah, and that will probably still look like that maybe in a few weeks. But I will say on night one, Giannis looked he looked better on both ends than Kevin did, and not like Kevin was bad. Like obviously Kevin was really good, but yeah, I would say that Giannis just stuck out more aesthetically as a guy that was he was just dominant. Yeah, and they you know Jordan Nawara who. I'm I'm so thankful because I almost tweeted something negative about Jordan Warren <laughs> in the first half because I thought he was terrible. Like he, I, especially defensively, like he he was just getting lost. He didn't look like he knew what he was doing on the defensive side. Yeah, and he he wasn't hitting his shots. And then there was that three that he hit probably sometime in the third quarter. And then after that, he was just like amazing. Mm-hmm. And then I thought Grayson Allen looked really good. He was good. George Hill didn't. I mean, he kind of. I, like I don't think he looked as good as he did when he played for the Thunder, yeah. so that's still like a work in progress. We'll see how much he has left in the tank, but it does feel because they had they still have guys out like Dante Divincenzo's out, Drew Holiday went out early, yep. but it it felt they felt deeper in a real way than they have in previous years. Yeah, to, when I saw Drew go down, I was like, oh, okay, well it's probably going to be the Nets to take, and the Nets, the Nets. There's just spots in the rotation where you're like, oh, like I don't know that this Lamarcus Aldridge thing is going to really work out for them, <laughs> you know? Like, no, that that seemed, yeah. I mean, maybe if they're playing the Lakers, just another old guy, like probably no, no issues there. But yeah, right. coming coming out of that game is like they need another big man. They need something yeah. else down low. And it's funny, and they've got like Paul Millsap, Lamarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin. Like Blake didn't look great last night either and yeah there's a world where those three you get to december and those you look at those three and you're like yeah probably not big minute guys anymore Uh, 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 yes i agree at the same time like that was the best team they're probably going to play for the foreseeable future they're going to rack up wins against all these terrible teams so i'm still feeling good we both took the over which they had the highest over under I'm still feeling fine about that. Mm-hmm. But I I do think you can make the argument like after watching that game last night, 
maybe they don't need Kyrie for the regular season, but that obviously would have dramatically changed that game last night, mm-hmm. having Kyrie on the floor in addition to Harden and KD. Yeah. Also, making free throws would have helped. They were they shot almost the same percentage from three as they did from the free throw line last night. 56% Ooh, that's to, 50, cool. to 53%. And I, I don't know. I mean, they shot 53% from three. They hit 17 threes. <laughs> you know, Patty Mills was like unstoppable from beyond. He was seven to seven. I mean, like they played a they played a good game. Like they got good stuff from a lot of guys. And the Bucks just looked better. And that doesn't mean the Bucks are better. That doesn't mean the Bucks are going to win the whole thing. But just in one night, it's like, huh, okay. Like, I don't understand why Bruce Brown didn't play because their defense was a mess. And you thought, well, if anybody could help, it would probably be Bruce Brown. But they went with James yeah. Johnson instead, maybe probably just because he's bigger. But still, it was there were just some confusing things about about that Nets squad last night. I'm uh I'm <laughs> you mentioned that they almost shot the same from three point percentage that they did from the line. So now I'm on Stathead and I'm trying to find out <laughs> no. if there is a player in NBA history who has shot it really well from three point percentage and shot it terribly from the line. Bruce Bowen? And, uh here's here's some here's some yes, Bruce Bowen, 2004-2005, shot 40% from three. And he shot, where's the free throw percentage? Oh, he shot 63% mm-hmm. from the line. Wow. Yep. Oh, you know who's on track right now? Carmelo after last night. <laughs> on a pace. Shoot, shooting exactly 50% from both the line and the three-point line. Wow. wow. RJ Hunter. RJ Hunter RJ did it. RJ Hunter. Wow. Wow. Headcase Hunter. Man, that's wild. Oh, Earl Watson. Oh, really? Yeah, 2005, 2006. That's a weird one. Yeah, Patrick Beverly, Al Harrington, Chandler Parsons, Mike Bibby, Omri Caspi. A lot of good names in here. Hito. Hito. Wow. Uh, Okay, let's move on to the second game of the night, which is uh, more Thunder adjacent than the other other game. The Lakers lose to the Warriors in night one. And I would say the Lakers are just a fascinating team to watch honestly like i i enjoyed almost every single minute of that game just i don't really know what to think of them i think it's going to take some time they looked really clunky for the most part on the offensive end outside of anthony davis and lebron james and i know they're missing guys i mean missing talon horton tucker is a pretty big deal Ariza less of a big deal because I don't like who's better Kent Bazemore or Trevor Ariza like I think the answer is who cares uh, but the most fascinating thing is the Russell Westbrook element right like we knew that Anthony Davis yeah. and LeBron James could do their thing and it was all about what does Russell Westbrook look like on the court with them is he going to you know play off ball is he going to set screens is he going to be cutting to the rim and he struggled, like straight up just struggled. Didn't really seem like he knew what to do or where to go or how to play with these guys yet, and he was missing shots that he's going to make. Like he missed a shot at the rim that just kind of like toilet bowled out. You know, it was there was just lots of like little moments where I was like, okay, like that's unsustainably bad for Russ. Um, He took four threes. 
probably needs to be more of Rockets Russ when it comes to to that. Uh, but overall, looked pretty pretty terrible. Yeah, uh, I mean, even if you even if you were someone who disliked Russell Westbrook, what are the things that he does good offensively that like we would all agree on? Haters and lovers alike, what would they agree on? Well, he's still a very good playmaker. Yeah. And there were so few moments last night where he brought the ball up the court Mm -hmm. and initiated the offense. It was usually LeBron, but there were even times when Rondo was on the court and Rondo was the one bringing up the ball. I was going to say the Rondo fit is even even more perplexing. Like, like. it, wouldn't it be yeah. better if they had like some kind of spot up shooter in that role? Like now, now it feels like they have too many guys to handle the ball. Yeah, like talking going back to the Bucks, like you would much rather have old guy George Hill than old guy Rondo for this particular Lakers team. Yeah, no just doubt. someone who doesn't really need the ball, even though he technically could play like some point guard for you. And so what happens is Russ on like I would say 80% of these offensive plays, he's in the corner like Andre Robertson, like hands on his knees, just like hanging out. Like actually, like not even hanging out. He's just standing there. He could yeah. be frozen in time, not moving. The defense now, doesn't there were, care. I mean it's defense doesn't it's care. Wild. And there were there were a few times where they did what the Wizards did, where they did what Houston did, which is you know, you have Harden, you have Beal bringing up the ball. They pass to Russ, who looks like he's not doing anything out of three-point line. And all of a sudden, he just bursts mm-hmm. to the rim. Mm-hmm. And that play can work. And I do think that is going to have to be more of what he does. Yeah. But it's different because, you know, on that Rockets team, that worked because they didn't have Clint Capella. Yeah. And they they had made the trade. And it worked in... For the Wizards, because their center, starting center, had gotten hurt. Like last night, if that's really going to be their starting lineup, that like on the one hand, AD was playing far away from the basket, like mm-hmm. in a in a good way. But if DeAndre Jordan's going to be there, like that that type of play to get Russ going is going to be much harder to do. And so, yeah, it just looks super clunky and it doesn't seem to be putting Russ in a position to succeed or do what he does best while at the same time acknowledging that, you know what, LeBron's probably better. Like you'd rather have the ball in LeBron's hands, but the trade-off there is like significant because Russ is giving you close to nothing off ball on so many of those offensive possessions where at least when LeBron is off ball, you feel like that's going to be a threat, even if he's standing there. Yeah. Because like the shot was falling for LeBron last night. Yeah. Which just like begs the question, like what, like go through the thought process of Buddy Heald versus Russ, you know? Yeah. Because like, what do you want with a LeBron James team? It's not like we haven't seen it for the last 18 years, what you need next to LeBron and every year, it's like, oh, man, they get through half the season. like, man, they could really use some more shooting. Like, every single year, Cavs, Lakers, doesn't matter who it is, Heat. Every year, it's like, man, like they just need one more shooter. They just need to go get a shooter. Why not? You had the guy who's going, who might take the most threes in the NBA if he plays with LeBron and is going to make in the 40s. He's going to make in the 40s. Like, that's what he does. Yeah. And, like, instead of... Russ standing in the corner with his hands on his knees. You have Buddy Heald there and somebody glued to him 
and you open up the lanes. And um, I just, I thought that from the beginning, like it just made more sense to bring in Buddy Heald. And it's not like, oh, Russ is toast. Like Russ will never play again, blah, blah, blah. I just don't love the fit. Just just the overall fit has always been kind of clunky. I still think that they're going to be better than they were last night. And I think when when they get their role players back, they're going to make some trades. Like I, I find it hard to believe that it's going to be Mello, Dwight Howard, Rondo, Avery Bradley off the bench for them all season. You know. Yeah, it's it's a bad fit for the Lakers, but it's also a bad fit for Russ because no on the few no on the few plays where he was able to drive and kick, it's like he's there was a play where he kicked it out to Rondo. It's like. Yeah, I get that he's shot it better from three, but like this is not ideal. Or even kicking it to LeBron, who mm-hmm. like had a good shooting night last night, but is traditionally not thought of like this knockdown three point shooter. Like, who is he kicking it out to? And when Taylor Horton Tucker gets back, like what you're kicking it out to him? Yeah, like there are just so few options, even compared to last year with the Wizards. I mean, they had Bertons, they had Garrison Matthews, they had Bradley Beal. Like they mm-hmm. had legit shooting options for Westbrook to kick out to. And with this team, it's just like who, like Anthony Davis. He shoots like thirty to thirty three percent from three at best. Yeah, I so it's yeah I agree. It's a bad fit for Russell too. I also just don't know what Russ looks like as like a, a with like median usage. You know, like how does like how is he impactful if his usage rate is like closer to twenty percent? You know. Yeah, there there's. You you could squint and tell yourself, ooh, maybe we'll get Olympic Russ, you know, because yeah. Russ, when he went to the Olympics with those guys, he wasn't the main guy, and he still was very valuable to that team, yeah. but he was also so much younger say, and could just, he, I mean, he could just be chaotic on the floor for every single minute he was on the floor, mm-hmm. and he he's just not going to be able to sustain that over an 82-game season. Yeah. Now, I will say... There were things last night that I saw from Russ that I was like, okay, like that's going to be so, so helpful to them. Like the offensive rebound, like tips, he, I guess he only had one, but it seemed like he had more to me. But just like getting into, like mixing it up and getting rebounds and stuff like that is going to be helpful to the Lakers. And if they just give him the ball a little bit more and just like cut this Rondo stuff out, like I think that they they could benefit from that. Uh just giving Russ just a little bit more. Uh, but again, right. like you need shooting for that to be impactful. And it's funny, like every year it's like, what do we need around Russ? More shooting. What do we need around LeBron? More shooting. What are the Lakers doing? Collecting old all-stars. <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. It, it reminds me of that team, the Bulls team, when they got Dwayne Wade. And oh, they also man. had Rondo. Yeah. Where did. it was like just from the jump, you're like, this doesn't make sense. Like, I yeah. get these guys are big names, but like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah, that's rough. Uh, the Warriors side, they looked okay. Like, they looked pretty good. They got some good production off the bench, which was good, like the main concern. Like, Andre Godala looked pretty good. Like, that was... Like that's a pretty big deal for them if he can continue to look like that. Uh, Bielitsa looks awesome for them. <laughs> like, yeah, uh, not only looked awesome, but also looked like David Lee. Like I was got exactly. multiple like texts David and it, it was like weird. Like like is that? Wait a minute. 
he looked great, man. He looked really good. Shot the ball well, was facilitating. That was a really interesting storyline from the preseason with the Warriors was that like Draymond Green said in like a post-practice scrum that like that he didn't know that Bielitsa could do all that stuff with the ball. And I yeah. I think everybody that has watched Bielitsa his whole career is like, I didn't know that either. Didn't know that he was capable of that. Uh, but he like brought the ball up for the Warriors on several occasions and was facilitating a ton. I mean, he finished with 15, 11, and 4 uh, on 6 of 7 from the field. It was just kind of strange because you saw him with the Heat last year, and you were like, oh, man, that guy might be toast. Like that, This might be it for yeah. Anya. But he looked, he looked great. The Warriors really have kind of unlocked some stuff with him. And, and, then, and yeah. He 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 did have some good years in Sacramento because I remember yeah, sure. Bielitsa, you know, being a, a fantasy basketball guy mm-hmm. because he was that nice combo of like getting you some boards and also hitting threes. Um, but yeah, he he looks like a completely different player because it did seem like he was on his way out of the league, mm-hmm. and it's only one game, but he looks great. And it was really a tale of two halves for that Warriors team because of the first half. Like Boy. Jordan Poole didn't didn't look great, Mm-mm. and if it, it felt like oh my gosh, if Steph doesn't have a good game, like how is this team going to win? <laughs> and then the second half, they did exactly that because Steph yeah. never really got going, and yet they were still able to win relatively comfortably too. Yeah, yeah. By the end, it, it was pretty clear that they were going to win. They had a great fourth quarter. They beat the the Lakers thirty eight twenty nine in the fourth. They were they looked pretty good. And you add Clay to that mix, and you, I don't know if you move Poole to the bench as like your six man weapon or what, whatever you do, like that's, that will help. So, so far, so good for the Warriors. Uh, okay, Al, right after this quick break, we're going to come back and we're going to do Thunder preseason superlatives. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. And we're back from that quick break. We are going to talk about this Thunder team and give some preseason superlatives. So, Al, our first one is the prospect with the most potential in the preseason. Thoughts? I mean, I mean, it's it's not even a competition, Andrew. Okay. Why even bother having the award? I say, just give it to, just name it after him. Call it the Josh Giddy Award. Woo! Have, okay. have, have we have we ever had a prospect in Thunder history who's who's gotten us this excited? Wow! In preseason, I mean, I, I'm counting on no one having memory of preseason games, yeah, so that they can't say. they can't even 
combat me. They can't even argue with me. Because why would rookie, you remember that? Rookie year. So we didn't get Kevin Durant's yeah. rookie preseason. We did not. We got Russell's. It, but the thing was, because Giddy did not play in summer league, the excitement that we got in the preseason was going to be higher than an average player. Because yeah. even if Russ had been great in summer league and then was great in preseason or whatever, we saw flashes. It would have we we would have felt about the same. Mm-hmm. What about James so, yes. Harden? Do you have a recollection of James Harden's preseason? Uh, not at all. Yeah, I remember his draft night, and that is all I remember. Yeah. Um, I was at the student union in the University of Oklahoma, Andrew, <laughs> by myself. In the for the draft, you were. Yeah, for that draft. Oh, uh, I was at Buffalo Wild Wings with Dane and Dusty and. Oh damn, dude! Thanks for the invite. Uh, sorry, dude. Um, I probably had some late night studying at the library. Probably so. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think. I mean, Giddy. Man, he was really good. He was really, really good in the preseason. He looked great. And like other candidates, like it's I think it's hard to watch him and Poku Poku play and say it's Poku. I think before the preseason, I think we would probably would have picked Poku, don't you think? Possibly, without having seen Giddy at all. Now yeah. uh Hoopstock sixty nine in the chat, he he throws in a vote for Trey Mann. Ooh, tra- you know Trey Mann looked a lot better in that last game like it looked way more comfortable he was actually getting to that step back like you'd want him to he's he was starting to to get it and that was good to see because there was just a lot of there were just a lot of things with him at first that you were just like oh man like where is that and obviously like we just want to see it all like right away but you know it takes time Um, right but yeah, he looked good. I was I was impressed. He had some really nice moments. Um, so like Trey Mann's a candidate, Poku's a, a candidate still, uh, even though he had a like crazy up and down preseason, which will probably be the case for his entire season. Would be my guess is that we'll have high highs and low lows with Poku, just because that's that's where he is right now. And hopefully, he's really what we want to see from him is just consistency and. You know, I I think we're still a little bit of ways away from seeing that from him. Uh, but yeah, that's probably it. And unless you still want to consider SGA a prospect, I think maybe some people around the NBA would. Mm, yeah. um, Dort, you think you can see Dort. some more from Dort? Uh, Frank Terman in the chat says Aaron Wiggins. Okay, the big Wiggins guy. I actually <laughs> actually liked what I saw from him. I mean, I don't. I think that I don't think that we'd consider him for this, but. I actually really liked almost everything I saw from him. I'm a, I I think he deserves at least some run this season. Uh, I sure, but this is prospect with the most potential, Andrew. Okay, we, we are now at the stage of like the MVP discussion. Do they deserve a seat at the table? Yeah, Andrew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's Josh. It's this one it's is Josh. Josh. It's Josh, and his this season, like how highly we think of him, will hinge on what his shot looks like. Like, what does his shot look like over 82 games? Yeah, for sure. That's so big. I'm very interested to see that. Okay, second one. The future Nick Collison. Who is future Nick Collison on this roster? I, I I believe that there will be a player on this roster that 10 years down the line will still be here 
will be a Thunder fan favorite. And you think about Nick, like Nick is, if if Nick bounced around the league, I think we talked about this, like Patrick Patterson or somebody like that, like nobody really cares, right? Like it's just like whatever. Um, but because he stayed here, he was loyal. Everybody loved him, loved the way he played. That he, I mean, he has his jersey in the rafters. You know, that doesn't happen probably yeah. anywhere else. So who is our future Nick Collison? I believe that there's a player on this roster that will be our future Nick Collison. I mean, I, I could see a lot of people immediately going to Mike Muscala for obvious reasons. Yeah. But that would not be my choice because uh key point about Nick Collison, he was here a decade. Yeah. Muscala is only entering his third season. I feel pretty confident he will not be getting anywhere close to a decade with the Thunder. Yeah. In which case, I think the obvious choice is... Jeremiah Robinson Earl. Yeah, that seems because right. he, he's got the personality. It seems he's a glue guy. Yeah, and uh, and you know you could go with a Kenny Hustle, but again, is he really going to be here for the next seven years? Possible, but I think that's possible. I think that possible. I think it is very possible. Uh, Jerry fits that role well, just because they play. He plays the same position as Nick. And it's hmm. e- easier to uh, to profile that, but I'm going to go with Kenny Hustle. There's just something about this guy that everybody loves, and the thing about him that's similar to Nick is that he Nick was a little bit older than the rest of the group whenever they came to OKC. So Kenny Hustle is just a few years older than these guys too. He really helps like set a professional tone for these guys, and. I don't know, man. I th- I think that there's a chance that he hangs around, and like I can, I mean, I could see him being a helpful player for a really long time. Uh, not that Jerry is not, um, but th- the thing about Nick was that he was kind of a leader from day one, and I can kind of see that with, I, I mean, it's obviously happening with Kenny Hustle too. So this also requires them getting their jersey retired. So this is a high bar to clear. It's a high bar. I could. <laughs> I mean, just the—I mean, just the way that guys light up when they talk about him is enough for me to think, okay, like he's—he feels like the guy, you know. And they had—they would—they had a chance to trade him at the deadline, you know. Yeah. Or even in, over the summer, you don't think teams were calling about about him? Of course, like teams want Kenrich Williams. Kenrich Williams. I mean, like Kenrich Williams would have really helped the Lakers last night. You know, he could have you know, really help the Nets. Like he could be in the rotation for these guys. He's big enough to guard lots of positions. He hits shots. He's gritty. He's like, character wise. Like there's very few guys that are better than him. So yeah. Uh, and it's an incredible story. Like his, like just his story from high school to the NBA is one of the more unique stories amongst these guys. So yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big Kenny hustle guy. Uh, okay, number three, most overrated by the fan base, Al. I mean, it's it has to be Poku. Yeah, and and we have been we have been encouraged along this path by mm-hmm. some in the national media, mm-hmm. but uh, obviously he has the flashes. We we all see the flashes, and those flashes are going to take us a long way. We are going to believe in this guy for a long time, mm-hmm. as long as he is doing plays like he had in that final preseason game. Uh, 
But the what? idea, the idea that I think most most Thunder fans believe this that he is like a core piece going forward is mm-hmm. is a very big jump to make, and it's actually should make you feel worse about the Thunder's future if you really consider. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like if, if you consider like we have to hit on Poku because he is a part of our core going forward, like you've already baked that in mm-hmm. to your projection of this team going forward, it's going to go bad for you. Like that that could happen, but that mm-hmm. is not the most likely outcome here. And so uh, he has to be like the most overrated. Yeah. Among the Thunder fan base. Yeah. As much and I like him. And I like him. Yeah. I like, like him a lot. Too. Yeah, I like. He's him a blast. Too. Yeah, he's he's great. He's he's very fun. I mean, I'm trying to think of who else would even be a candidate here. I um, mean, there's there's players I individually overrate. Like I probably overrate Ty Jerome um, oh, yeah. in terms of his impact. But Same. in terms of like fan base wide, it has to be Poku. I mean, when you when you become like memeified in the way that Poku has been, yeah. it's very hard to like bring that back. Yeah. Ba- Basley, maybe another candidate. Mm, no, yeah. I feel like the this fan base is well. Actually, we'll we'll get to. Uh, he might be a good candidate going forward, Andrew, for a future ooh, superlative. Ooh, okay. Yeah, it's it's Poku. It's just too. The thing about him is, is that he's like fifty percent player, fifty percent imagination, right? Be- yeah, be- for sure. Be- because of his skill set and his size. You just, it's easy to let your imagination run wild about him. And, and because he's on a team where he's actually getting minutes. If he was drafted by yeah. any other team, we would probably not seen a minute of NBA basketball. We would see, we would see lots of G League stuff. Yes. From him. And I mean, who knows? Maybe we'll see some G League stuff from him this year. I don't think we will, but who knows? Uh, yeah, I think, I think it's the right choice. Uh, unfortunately okay number four the most underrated by the fan base al i mean so there are two players that i'm thinking of that have uh big fans within the fan base but i would Mm -hmm. say it's not the dominant opinion and that would be isaiah roby or darius Baisley. i think uh there are definitely segments of the fan base who really believes in those guys in a big way and but the general consensus isn't as strong for those guys. So if I was going yeah. to pick one, I guess I would pick Isaiah Roby. Okay. As most <laughs> underrated. Okay. Um, because frankly, last year, like, didn't even rate him. Was yeah. was was I would have put the odds at greater than fifty percent that he wouldn't even be on the roster this year, sure. like last last season. Uh huh. So that's pretty easy bar to clear for him <laughs> at this point. So yeah. that seems that seems like I had way underrated him because now mm-hmm. it kind of feels like, oh, I mean, Roby might be here a little while now. Yeah. Um, Basley, I still like feel more confident in my projection of him, whereas Isaiah Roby, I feel like I'm starting to be like turned. Okay. Yeah. I think Ty Jerome might be a little bit underrated just because I think he can really, really shoot it. And he's just somebody that's not really talked about a whole lot for this team. And I think, to me, if if this team were trying to get to the play-in, let's say they were like shifting the rotations around, trying to figure out like what combination of players could help get us to the play-in, I think Ty Jerome would be in the rotation. Uh, I think that's true. 
I would love to see him on another team just to see how real this is. Because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I've been sky high on Ty Jerome until uh, John Hollinger had a, his first negative tweet about Ty Jerome in the last few weeks. He was, he, you know, just an offhand remark watching a preseason game like, uh, maybe Ty Jerome just isn't quick enough for this league. It was like, the yeah. f- and John Hollinger is president of the Ty Jerome fan club. So when he tweeted that, I was like, oh, like my, yeah. my world just shut down. It's like John Hollinger's turning on him. Yeah, I saw that. Hollinger, uh, clearly thunder negativity going on in the uh, the Hollinger brain, you know? Well, yeah, if you only watch that one game, I could understand why you would be so negative on the scene. Well, the Bucks yeah. game, I guess that was. Yeah, that's. I think that's where a lot of all the thunder negativity is coming from, is that it was on national television, and they looked like barely an NBA team. Yes. It was... It was really bad. That was a that was one of the worst performances I've seen, and I've seen. I watched all of last season. <laughs> you know, <laughs> part part of it was that they had their guys, and they still looked really bad. You yeah, know? and like we saw the Bucks last night, like easily handle James Harden and Kevin Durant too. So, I mean, that's a part of it as well. Is that like so that might explain team why team they were able to uh, do so well against Ty Jerome. Yeah. Explain <laughs> 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 uh, Okay. Uh, number five, the player that contender fans, fan bases put into the trade machine the most. So who okay. is, who is the object of other teams' affection when it comes to like fan bases and who other teams want to want to get from this team, so I'm gonna it's gonna be a boring answer, but I'm gonna spin it into something interesting. It's okay. Shea, yeah. but the interesting part of this is the DeAndre Ayton story. Okay. So, uh, Sam Amick did an interview with James Jones mm-hmm. on on the Athletic about them not signing him to extension, which that that in and of itself is just like so bizarre to me. Can you imagine Sam Presti? just voluntarily giving a giant interview to the athletic just because they didn't sign someone to an extension. Like, like imagine Sam no. Presti doing a huge interview with like ESPN after the Harden trade. Like that would have just been, and like going through all his thoughts about it. Bizarre. Yeah, but it, but it is. Yes. One of the details bizarre, that, yes. that came out in that piece was that one of the reasons they may not have wanted to give him the five-year designated player extension is because you can only have two of those players on your roster. So if they theoretically wanted to add a third young player to this Suns core going forward, it couldn't be someone like Carl Anthony Towns, or it couldn't be like someone like Shea Gilgis-Alexander or De'Aaron Fox. And if you go through the comments, it's all... Suns fans being like, well, I guess they're going after Fox or SGA. So that's why SGA is a player that's going to be put into a, a ton of, of trade machine. <laughs> and especially like the Thunder are going to be bad this year. And as they if if it really gets bad, like if if they're hitting like John Hollinger projection levels bad, yeah. like that's all anyone's going to be talking about yeah. from other fan base. Because they're going to feel like, oh, we can just get him. We can save him. Yeah, you can just you just get him when when the other team's bad. You just they just give them away. They probably just want more picks, you know. Yeah, they they probably just want more picks. <laughs> just give them some more picks. You know? <laughs> the true James Harden, you know, like they didn't God. want him. Um, yeah, 
it's that's a hilarious thing from the Suns standpoint though. Like they just made the NBA finals. And know, oh, yeah. we don't want to give the guy that helped us get there the whole thing because we might be able to get somebody. Like is this them is this them saying like they would like to get into the Ben Simmons conversation? If so, like what are you trading? I mean, it would have to be something like Mikael Bridges, which And you can't hey, trade you, him for a while. You can't. Once a sixer. Uh I I I'm less like uh doomsday on this whole Aiton story because yeah. based on that interview, he did say like we were perfectly willing to give him a four-year max. If they're willing to do that, then there's obvi- then any of these ideas we have about Aiton moving to another team at some point in the future is not happening. Because if they're willing to do the four-year max, well, that's the best another team can offer. So they're going to match that. Yeah, you just have to hope he doesn't sign like a three-year deal with somebody else or something like that. You know, Right, that, that you're trying to avoid the Gordon Hayward situation. But even then... He's still going to be on this team for another four years, including this year. Mm-hmm. So, like, even if you're one of these Thunder fans, like, why don't we go get Aiton? It's like, okay, we'll check back in like 2027 at the earliest. Yeah. yeah or whenever yeah. that is. Yeah. They're, yeah. The Thunder are not getting DeAndre Aiton. Aiton is likely not going anywhere. Restricted free agents typically don't go anywhere. They're, maybe he had, maybe they have a really bad season. Things fall apart. Chris Paul gets hurt. He Aiden's still mad. They make like the eighth seed get bounced in round one. Then like perhaps you could see a window where it's like okay, like maybe maybe he's like get me get me out of here. Like you need to trade me. You know like that's not yeah. It's not out of the conversation. But like also if you're the Thunder, like does Aiden take you where you want to go? It would be my question. And it all depends on like let's if they. Let's say they get bad luck again in the lottery and they get like the fourth pick or something like that. And it's a three player draft, <laughs> you know? Right. Like, is DeAndre Ayton going to be the one to deliver you to the top again? Like, I think the answer is no. I mean, he was the third best player on some nights, the fourth best player on a title team. Like, do you have three or, f- you know, do you have two or three guys that you're certain are going to be better than him? Yeah, I mean, go read some of the stories from last season about how much it took from Chris Paul and Devin Booker, like getting him away from video games and to like focus on being a really good NBA player and being like the best he could be. And that's great that it happened and it got him super far. But like that was one year. Chris Paul's not going to be here forever. Like I'm okay with the idea of like forcing him to prove it for one season because they can always give him the max in the future. Yeah. And, you know, the, the Sarver is cheap argument works a lot better if they didn't just give like a huge deal to Chris Paul, a huge deal to Mikhail Bridges, <laughs> a huge deal for some reason to Landry Schmidt, yeah. uh, like an, another deal to campaign. Like they're spending money and they're going to be in the tax in the future. Yeah. I think I can't tell if this DPE thing is actually the reason they didn't want to go five years or if it's just yeah. an excuse they're making like in the rearview mirror. But it's it it's something that at least their fan base can talk themselves into because it's mm-hmm. it gives you hope like ooh we're gonna go get a young star to add to this core. No, you're just most likely going to sign DeAndre into whatever he wants next summer if things right. go well. This is what will happen. Like if they made it back to the finals again, like you have to sign him to whatever he wants. Yeah, you, know? you do. 
and and, uh, and they should. Like, I'm not saying that they shouldn't. That, that, that what they did was right. Like, yeah, just give him the mm-hmm. five year deal because you can always trade him if you really don't like him for whatever reason. But also with the cap going up, like those final couple of years, once this new CBA kicks in, it'll probably be like a cheap deal mm-hmm. for for a player of his caliber. So mm-hmm. they were dumb, but I also feel like the reaction to it has been a little, yeah. a little overreaction. Yeah, uh, I think the players Lou Dort. I think that there's a lot of fan bases that could see themselves having Dort either as a starter or coming off the bench. And we've seen him just be really helpful to a winning team in his rookie season, you know, um, like that. I, I just think he's going to, he's too helpful. His salary is really low. I mean, a lot of teams could just kind of just take him and give, you know, something very little back. Uh, and teams probably think like, Oh, we can get him for a first rounder. And I bet he would just be thrown into the trade machine just a ton just because I think he's a helpful a helpful player from point of attack on defense I think he's going to make enough threes that convince you that like he could be a guy on a championship level team like your you know fourth starter or whatever and he doesn't make any money like like a player like Marcus Smart you you would tell yourself the same thing but it's like well we have to find a huge matching salary to be even able to think about this Yep. Whereas for most teams, they could literally just send OKC a pick or two yeah. and just yeah. take Lou Dort. Yeah, it would be very, very easy. Uh, my three-year-old's yelling about something. I don't know. I think he's yelling at the blender. Um, oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay, next one. The Moses Brown Award, the young player that will most uh, split the fan base. Wow. Who will this be, Al? Um. Yeah, this. I mean, last year with Moses Brown, definitely there were fans on these extremes of the spectrum, the Moses Brown spectrum. There were people yeah. who legitimately believed he was the future starting center of the Thunder, showing, hey, look at these stats. Historically, no one's ever done this, so that must mean X, Y, Z. And then there were people uh, like Jay, I feel like from the very beginning, who was never buying it, never thought it was real. And so that that's the type of player I'm looking for. And this year, I mean, I guess I would say Baisley. I think I mean yeah. that that already feels like it's it's in place. Um yeah. I don't I don't know if any I don't think anyone's as low on Baisley as some of us were low on Moses Brown. Yeah, it's not like he doesn't deserve to be in the NBA. No, he's a starting <laughs> right. level center, you know. Right. But, but I there think, is a I huge the div- chasm. Yeah, the division will be they should trade him or there's no way they should trade him. You know, it's right. He's he's he part of the core, an, obviously. Yeah. He deserves an extension versus like he needs to be traded because he shouldn't he's taking up minutes that uh, are one of our you know future picks will need or whatever. Yeah, and like we need to recoup value because it's clear that he is not part of the long-term future. Like if yeah. some if some other team believes him. So yeah, I definitely think Baisley is going to be a lightning rod this season, Andrew. Every game, you know, if he has an 0 for 5 game from 3, that the trade calls will start coming in. It's very possible. It's very very possible. Uh Gabriel Deck, you think he's device? Uh no. I mean, he he probably is, but I still feel like 
like I, I don't even I don't even feel strongly about it. I'm more just confused. So it's not even like I'm at yeah. one end of the spectrum. Yeah. I'm trying to think who else would be divisive. Uh, maybe favors. Maybe even people will lo- just fall <laughs> no. in love with giant Dort. Yeah, I mean, you know who it could be? It could be Poku. Because Ooh. there's there's so much built up goodwill yeah. with the majority of the fan base. If he comes out and has a bad season, yeah. I could see that splitting the fan base into we need yeah. to give up on this guy, move on, versus yeah. no, he's still 19 or whatever. We <laughs> <laughs> What are you talking about? He's somehow still a teenager. Leave him <laughs> yeah. alone. Yeah, I can see that. I do I do love the giant Dort stuff with Derek Favors. It was we- wasn't it weird? Is it weird to you? Am I overly obsessed with it? You know, I don't know. I mean, they they had I mean, the thing that made it look the same is that they had the same accessories. Like they had the, the headband and they had the same arm sleeve on the same arm. I know. He Which, by the like way, giant Dort. Going back to the Lakers, they had a ton of headbands, but they they could have had more because we've seen Russ mm-hmm. in a headband. We've also seen Anthony Davis in a headband. Yep. And if those two guys would commit to it, this could be like that Nuggets team back with Carmelo and Kenyon Martin and J.R. Smith, where everyone wore a headband. And I, I would love that. I would love I'd an all headband team. I'd love that too. I also love the idea of just trying to find every player in the league that looks like Dort. And just bringing them on and maybe run a five-door lineup. That'd be cool. Fine. I mean, or you could do it with uh, Bielitsa since he looks like David Lee. Maybe we could fun- Ooh, we yeah. could bring David Lee back. David Lee. Some in, some out. David Lee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, next one. Yeah, I think it's Baisley. I think it'll be Baisley. I think, I think people will want to make a, a decision on him come trade deadline, and there will be some division on Thunder Twitter as to if they should trade him at the deadline or not. So, yeah, for sure. Uh, next one, number seven, the Bradley Beal Award, the player that the OKC fan base becomes most obsessed with trading for. Uh, so this, I mean, I feel like Towns is probably because there's already oh, yeah. th- there's already a strong Towns contingent on every fan base around the yeah. league. I mean, the Suns fans were obviously talking about him because of the connection with Booker. So it makes sense that if they get off to a rough start, Towns will be like the prized possession of every other fan base, and we they'll, have an they'll all be center. We do. Oh my gosh, it's perfect, Andrew. Kentucky guy with SGA. Oh, oh, it fits like a glove. Chris Fisher with the uh, mispronunciation of his name, Carl Anthony Towns. You know, oh, I mean, yeah, there's that'd just be great. There's, there's just a now, lot that would, there. That would be fun if we got more hyphenated guys on the team. I'll get behind that. That part start of it, JRE I like. next to him. Yes. Jeremiah Robinson, Earl, and Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and Carl, Anthony Towns. That would really put Chris Fisher through the ringer having to do that all game. Because there's a there's a world where next season, if they did trade for him, that they all all three of them start. That would be cool. And they're all known by three letter abbreviations. Yep. Cat, Jerry, SGA. That would yep. be cool. I feel like we're talking ourselves into it now. We're becoming one of the trade for cat people. Get cat. Just go get him. Get It'd cat. Easy, Has- right? Hashtag get cat. Hashtag get cat. Gabriel Deck plus three first round picks. Is that enough? Who knows? Who knows? Um, uh, Miguel Devella says get naw. Get naw. 
We could have a starting lineup if we got Cat and Naw. Right? Oh no, Andrew is we... frozen. Am I Andrew? frozen? Now I'm gone. Oh no. Oh, I'm back. Okay, we're back. I don't know what <sighs> happened. Uh, okay. <sighs> uh, <laughs> all right, next one is the the Hami Award. Hamadou Diallo Award. The young rotation player most likely to be traded. Oh no. Uh-oh. Can you hear me? Andrew. Andrew. Can you guys Andrew. hear me in the chat? Am I freezing gonna, or is it Alex? It's probably me. I'll, I'll, I'll go upstairs. We'll go on a little trip. Okay. We're going to go on a trip. This is why you should be tuning into our YouTube page. You get to see Alex go on a trip. Go on a trip. Cross his home. Going upstairs. Alex, a trip. Hey, one of, the, one of the guinea pigs. One of the guinea pigs is having trouble eating. She might have a, oh, a dental no. issue. But Ooh, I started no. pulverizing her food, and it seems to be helping. Seems to be helping. Oh, little gui- good. Well, guinea pig update for you. Okay. Oh, oh, okay. We're settled down here. If you're on YouTube, you can get to see the guinea pigs. They're, oh. they're, on, they're on my main floor now. <laughs> they they just are. live with me in my living room. It's <laughs> awesome. Uh, okay, the, the young player most likely to be traded on this squad, Al. Who is it? Um, I will go with Ty Jerome. Oh, uh, okay. He still counts as young, I think. Is he 26 yet? No, he's he's still 24. Yeah. Okay, that's young. And uh as you mentioned, there there is a glut of guards on this team. And you can imagine a scenario where if there's no injuries, it might be hard at some point if they're trying to prioritize Trey Mann's development, that Ty Jerome just doesn't have the minutes. And Mm -hmm. he could be someone that would would help another team. I think I would be disappointed in the return. I'm already preparing myself now. I would be disappointed. I don't think they'd get a first-round pick for Ty Jerome. But uh, I, I could just imagine a scenario where that happened. Yeah, I could see that. I think it's probably the same answer as before. I think Darius Baisley is probably the guy most likely to be traded. And he's a little bit like Hami where you could see Baisley going to another team and looking good. You know, like that's... Yeah, and then, like and he's also in that same year. He's also in like... It's, he's be going to become extension eligible and all that. Yep. About to get paid by somebody. Yeah. Is it going to be the Thunder is the question. So, yeah, I could see it being... I could see it being him. Uh, yeah. All right. Next one, the Justin Jackson Award, the player most likely to hit a game winner and not be on the team in a year. Let's. Could you imagine a Gabriel Deck game winner, Andrew? No, no, no I could not. <laughs> Would that I be something? Not. A Deck Dagger. A Deck Dagger. Could you imagine a Paul Watson Jr. Uh, no, that. Shot? That one seems less believable to me. I don't think really? there's a... No. He can actually shoot it. I know, but like, what, are, what is the scenario? I mean, I guess for all these guys, what is the scenario that they're going to be on the court? But, yeah. uh... Roby? Uh, um, no, I'm sticking with Deck. I'm sticking with Deck. They have some... Okay. He, he's, he's bigger, so mm-hmm. like, if there are some front court injuries, you could see a scenario where he's forced into a bigger role... Okay. What if he hit a turnaround, a Kobe fadeaway, Andrew, to win the game? Wouldn't that be something? 
<laughs> it would be sh- it would be jarring. And it uh, and it pushes us from third to fourth in the Tankathon standings. <laughs> we miss out on generational stars oh, because of no. it. Oh no. Yeah, I mean we're talking end of the bench type of guy with this one. Um I guess Favors could hit a little mid ranger. Possible. Not be on the team. I'll go Possible. Favors. I'll go with Derek Favors. All right, last one. The Sfee Dunk Award. Player who suddenly reveals an unknown skill this season. And even unknown to himself. Because, like, Sfee... I remember asking Sfee about it, you know, halfway through this, like his tenure here in OKC. I was like, man, like, you've dunked more here than you have in your entire career, all put together. Like, what's going on with that? And he's, like, just genuinely like, I don't know. <laughs> You know, he had no idea <laughs> yeah. why he was dunking. Uh, but yeah, what are your what are your thoughts on what's an unknown, what's a skill that one of these guys is going to show that we didn't know they had? This this one's really hard to predict. I mean, it is. It, it's. I mean, it, there's no way you could have predicted that speed dunking would have been it. And if you did, you would have been like, "That's weird. What a weird prediction to make." You know? Yeah, I mean, one's off the top of my head. I'm thinking like if Roby suddenly became good at blocking shots, that okay. that would kind of shock me. Um, yeah. If Teo did something explosive, so if Teo started dunking. Yeah, that would be weird. That would be weird. Um, i trying to think if there, there would be any others. I mean, that one just came out of the blue for us last year. It did. This is yeah. This is by far the most difficult one. Just go the most ridiculous one you could think of. Like that's what you need. That's what you need to do. Right. Um. The the problem is like we already had an idea of what Sfi could be, and what yeah. he was, which I guess we we have that for some of these guys. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, we'll find out. It'll be someone. <laughs> someone has to do it. <laughs> I'll say Roby from three. Roby from three becomes a knockdown three-point shooter. Yeah. He's taking he's not taking a lot. He'll take two a game, but he's hitting like 44%. And we're like, whoa. Oh, wow. Roby. Hey, Roby. I gotta get my uh my bold takes in. Yeah, we're having on bold the, predictions pod on, the books. on on Friday. So uh yeah, I'll get it get get this all out of your system before the Thunder season starts. All right. Well, first of all, I'd like to rework your uh, your rating scale. Okay. Real quick. Oh, the the spicy scale. Yes. So the first is a a bell pepper. Okay. And that should be something that you think has a better than fifty percent chance of happening, already. Yeah. Like like why'd you even bother bring it up? Yeah. Next would be jalapeno, and that's where it's like fifty fifty. Like this could go either way. It is yeah. it is bold in some respect, but not really. Habanero is where you feel like there's a less than 25% chance of it happening. Mm-hmm. And then Ghost Pepper slash Carolina Reaper would Carolina be less Reaper. than 10%. Yeah. But I'm adding a fifth category, and that okay. is drinking gasoline. And this would be <laughs> a take that, yes, is theoretically possible, uh-huh. but it is less than 1%. So like, basically, not really bold take. So when someone says... Oh, Josh Giddy's going to be an all-star this season. Like, yes, technically he is eligible for that, but there is no way that is happening. That is not bold. That is crazy. 
You'd yeah, be crazy to drink gasoline. Yeah, it is bold. But yeah. You watched that video that Jay sent us yesterday, the Carolina Reaper video? Oh, I watched so many hot pepper videos. That that guy Oh yeah, I, I love hot pepper videos. <laughs> I love them. I mean, I love hot ones, but that guy yeah. in that video yeah. who who invented yeah. like a lot of the these Carolina peppers. Reaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's nuts, man. He can just eat them straight. Uh there's also this guy, this European guy who mm-hmm. who eats them and is he has very funny reactions. He like makes all these weird sounds when he gets like really hot. So yeah, I, I, I'm I'm real big into hot pepper YouTube. <laughs> okay. Okay. Nice. So anyways, I I've come up with three Thunder bolt takes and three NBA bolt takes. Okay. Uh, if you go back and and listen last year, I did very well on my bolt takes, Andrew. So here what we go. Were they? Well, don't ask me. It was yeah, like okay. uh, Dort's going to lead the team in three point attempts, which seemed okay. bold at the time, and he mm-hmm. cleared it easily. Easily. Uh, I don't remember the other ones. Okay. Okay. Here we go. NBA, number one, the Memphis Grizzlies Mm. will be a top six seed in the Western Conference. That's that's pretty bold. Yeah. Top six seed. They'll clear the play-in. Yep. Um, And I I have personally ranked these from least bold to most bold, but it's up to you to decide. Uh. Next. I think that's that's like Habanero. Okay. Next, the Charlotte Hornets will have a bottom five record in the league. In the in the NBA? In the NBA. Bottom wow, there's five a, record. There's some hype around them right now. And I'm squashing s- it right now. Bottom five. That's pretty that's pretty bold. That's Reaper. I feel like go, that's Reaper bold. Go look at their roster. Their roster is so young. And they yeah. and everyone's making this argument like oh, Kelly Oubre is going to be great for them. Kelly Oubre is terrible. What are you talking about? He doesn't make their team better. He's going to be bad. This team is going to be bad. And this comes from the the biggest Oubre lover in the world. Yeah, well, the tables have turned on me and <laughs> Kelly Oubre Jr. So I'm I'm taking I'm way under on the Hornets this year. Bottom five wow. record. Bottom All right. five in the NBA. Yeah, okay. that's right. Wow, that's uh, Reaper. Next, uh, there's my final league-wide bowl take. The first significant player traded this season mm-hmm. will be Yusuf Nurkic. Now, mm. this is this is a bold because like it, it's kind of like you know it, it, you're picking at random. Like it's going to be someone. Yeah, I'm staking my claim on Yusuf Nurkic. The idea being, they're terrible defensively. And they yeah. cannot risk going through this season and doing what they did in previous seasons. And so if they get off to a bad start, the easiest big piece to trade on that team is Yusuf Nurgic because he's an expiring year. He did not look as fit in preseason as I had been led to believe. He is like huffing and puffing the entire time, probably because he can't play this defensive scheme. But that's that's the problem. And the reason why I could see them trading Yusuf Nurkic is because you don't have to get back like some amazing starting center. It's not like you have to trade for Cat for this team to be better. You just need mm-hmm. you don't even need a stretch five. You just need a center who is more versatile defensively. And so I think they can actually go and get that player. I don't know who that player will be, but I I have a feeling that they could do something there because Yusuf Nurkic has also had like really weird quotes about the organization over the past year. 
in Portland. Yeah. Something's off about that situation, and I could just see him being on the chopping block if they get off to a bad start. I think the boldest part of that is just that Yusuf Nurkic is a big name, I guess. Oh, come on! <laughs> come on! I was actually thinking, who did I think of last night? I thought of a center who makes $10 million a year, who I thought would be a nice fit for Portland that may be gettable, but of course I can't remember it now. Oh, not Derek Favors. <laughs> that, that does sound like I was going down that road, but no, it wasn't him. It was someone else. If, I, if it comes to me, I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, okay, Thunderbolt predictions. Again, less bold to more bold. Number one, Josh Giddy will lead the Thunder in double doubles. Josh Giddy will lead the Thunder hmm. in double doubles. That, I feel like that's a little bell peppery, to be honest. Bell peppery. So you think there's a better than 50% chance of Josh Giddy leading the Thunder in double doubles? <sighs> I guess much of my question is like, who else it's going to be? Well, uh, Bays. It could be Bays because he's the highest rebound total. Um, yeah. It could be Shea. I mean, Shea could have a triple double. Yeah. The thing with Shea is like, he's just the likelihood of him getting to 10 boards or 10 assists mm. on a regular basis is just probably more unlikely. Giddy's a good rebounder. I know. That's that's why I, because you you get it with the rebounds and assists, you get the opportunity. Okay, fine, it's a bell pepper, fine, but I'm still staking my claim on it. Okay, okay. I, and by the way, I like bell peppers. Okay, yeah. my next one. Hey, do you have thoughts on the all white uniforms? It's something we haven't touched on. Well, from PJ, you know, I had thoughts on the uh, NASCAR uniforms. Yeah, you know, d- didn't like them, but then Shay came out and seemed to genuinely love them. Loved them. Which Loved made them. me question, oh, am, am I just a 34-year-old white guy? And mm-hmm. there's no chance I'm ever going to have a good take on these, which is why when that jersey came out, I decided, you know what? I'm sitting this one out. Because what yeah. are the chances that my take on a NBA jersey is going to be the correct one? So I am, I am, <laughs> sitting, on the, I am sitting on the sideline for this one. I'm recognizing my place, and we'll see yeah. what happens. You know, I, I do not think... Any jersey really looks good when it is just a flat image like yeah. that. Yeah, it's possible these end up looking cool. It's possible, yeah. and yeah. I and and after what happened with the NASCAR thing and Shay, I'm just open. I'm open to whatever happens. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm of the opinion that you need to see them on them on the players before you rush to judgment. As yes. Well. So I have yes. not even commented on it at all. So. Yeah, and if if your if your friends and family don't consider you like a fashion icon, like what are the chances you have the right take on this? <laughs> you know, okay, quite quite low. Okay, Continue. next two more two more. These are my Thunderbolt takes. Next one, the Thunder will have one player with a per greater than fifteen. One one player, which hey, it could be anyone you want. You pick. <laughs> I personally would choose Shea, but you can pick whoever you want. Thunder will have one player with a PER greater than 15. Wow. What was it last year? Uh, there were a couple. I mean, like, big men are oh, yeah. typically who gets it. So it's like... Yeah, yeah, Like Moses. They had a lot. They had eight. Okay, that's... So, that's what I'm saying. It's bold. Bell Pepper, then. Oh, I thought of the center. Would Portland be better... <laughs> 
<laughs> would Portland be better with Nerlens Noel instead of Yusuf uh, Nurkic? And I know, no. w- honestly, like, what are they now? So you're saying that they're going to be worse than that? They, I think they would be a better team defensively simply because he can do more things defensively than Yusuf Nurkic. He's a way yeah, better rim protector. He can switch. Like, you don't need him to do a lot on offense with so many shooters. I mean, they have Dame, CJ, Norm Powell, Robert Covington. Like, they have shooters. Yeah. I would rather can't. have Nerlens on that team than Yusuf Nurkic. He just can't catch at all. He doesn't need to. I mean, you kind of need to. If you're going to be the starting Mm-mm. center, you kind he, of need to be able to He was great that. last year for the Knicks. Anyways, my final mm-hmm. Thunderbolt take. Mm-hmm. Lou Dort will shoot a better percentage from three than Kenny Hustle, who was the team leader in three-point percentage last year at 44.4%. You're not going too bold on your Thunder takes, Al. How is that not bold? I don't know. I just, I mean, you just look at the history of of Kenny Hustle shooting. It's not hard to see him, you know. Okay, but imagine back down to earth. Okay, okay, okay. But imagine that you weren't as in tune with Kenny Hustle's previous stats, <laughs> and you were just a listener out there. I wish you Andrew. Had... Imagine if you were dumber. No, I, I was about you. to. Say, I was about to say. Imagine you were a down to dunk listener who I do not think are dumb, and you watched Kenny Hustle on. I was going to say decent volume, but he took, you know, more than three per game. Shot Mm -hmm. 44.4%. And I'm saying that Lou Dort, who shot 10 percentage points lower, 34% is going to do better than Kenny Hustle. Yeah. I was okay. I'll give you jalapeno. I won't won't go full bad. What what did you give me for the PER one? You think that only one will do it? Yeah, is the is it's bold that no one will do it. Is basically what you're saying. Uh, no, it's just it would be it's a rare thing to happen. So because yeah. fif, PR fifteen is seen as like a quote unquote average NBA player. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm saying that literally only one guy on the roster will end the season above That's, that. I mean, it's probably Reaper because like the odds that that actually happens are pretty low. Thank you. Pretty low because I mean you look at the list. Like Gabriel Deck had a 16 per last year. Oh uh, yeah, his obviously very very limited time. Hey hey, Hoopstock 69 said Al going heel and calling us all dumb. I'm not. Andrew did. Andrew did. <laughs> <laughs> oh Al, do you have a uh, a win total? A prediction for total wins that Thunder will have? Uh. What feels good? What feels good? I haven't thought about this yet. Um, I will go 20 wins. Okay. 20 wins. 20. Okay. Well, there it is. All right. Scene starts tonight, Al. Tonight. Excited. Very excited. I cannot wait. Hey, if you're also excited about the season and want to see the Thunder play in person, November 15th here in Oklahoma City. It's a Monday night. You can buy a ticket. Go to the Down to Dunk Twitter page. It's our pinned tweet. Click the link. Go buy a ticket. You can sit with everybody uh, that buys a ticket for the Down to Dunk crew. You get a pregame pod at the Tap House across the street from the arena. Uh, it, really, anybody can show up to that uh, as long as there's room. But if you have a ticket, you are guaranteed a spot 
for the live pod before. Alex will be there. And then after that, we'll go watch a game together. We will get to go on the court together after the game. I, I'm, I'm legitimately excited for that because when I was at OU, I took mm-hmm. multiple gym classes and all I would do the entire class was shoot half-court shots. I spent semesters doing that. So hey. I'm ready. Three-step chest pass. Get ready, Andrew. I have my form <laughs> down. I cannot wait. We will uh, – actually, one of my friends is going to be making a video for this, so you could be a part of this down-to-dunk video. Uh, so there's just a lot to take part in. So November 15th, buy a ticket. You can buy them online. You get a free t- – you get a T-shirt, you get a ticket, and you get a spot uh, at, for the Down to Dunk podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me. Before the game. And then you get a chance to win some a pretty cool Thunder prize if you make a half-court shot. So – be sure to buy your tickets. Get them today, because I think there's very, very few left that will guarantee you all of that. So uh, please do that. Hope you guys have a great day. Enjoy the game tonight. And we'll talk to you guys again on Friday. Friday.